Hey, it's Kayla, the host of the Mothering Together podcast, and today we're talking all about my personal story with ADHD. I have had ADHD since I was a little girl, but I did not know I had ADHD until I turned about 30. We get it. Being a mom is hard. You need support through the amazing moments and the heartbreaking moments. Together, we'll find balance in the heavy role of mothering. We'll reconnect with the parts of ourselves that we've lost along the way. And we'll build a community that we can lean on. So one more time, let us just say, welcome, welcome, welcome to Mothering Together. ADHD is a biological difference in the brains of people who have ADHD. And basically what's impaired are called executive functions or kind of your ability to organize and sustain focus and a bunch of things that help kind of direct your brain. If you don't have ADHD, I still think this podcast today will be useful for you. I think an awareness of executive functioning, which is kind of the basis of ADHD, could help you on so many levels in understanding yourself and understanding the many people you interact with, your child, your partner, and so I think this today we're going to talk about my story of how I realized I had ADHD, but also we'll go through what the different executive functioning skills are. And I think that would really help you in your day-to-day life. When my son was about seven months old, he was just sort of starting to sit up, and but he would flop backward and our entire first floor was entirely tile or hardwood. And... It was around 3 p.m. because my Google speaker was set to kind of automatically set the mood for tea time. And that was kind of one of my working strategies to help myself feel better, knowing that 3 p.m. was just not a great time for my baby or for me. So the music, the coffee house music vibe started. I went and I got my teapot. I filled it with water. I filled, I put that on my gas stove and then my son had fallen over and he was crying and needed soothing so i picked him up and i gave him a giant hug and i held him and you know all the nice sweet things you do as a mom and as i was doing that i noticed that he had you know used his diaper and needed a fresh one so i brought him upstairs to his nursery and as i'm doing that i noticed well it wasn't just his diaper that was full it was actually a blowout And so we had a lot of cleaning to do. So I cleaned him up, put him in the tub, start the bath water. And at this point, I have completely forgotten about the tea. So then I come back downstairs later with a very clean baby, a happy baby. And I sort of smell this like musty smell. And I look over at my stove. And that's when I remember I had left it on and I look inside and there's very little water, like maybe like the thinnest layer of boiling water. And that was one of those first moments where I was like, how am I functioning right now? I'm so busy and so distracted that I literally left something on, on top of a burning gas stove, which is just an open flame. And I didn't even realize it. And we have cats, so I am always like very cautious around an open flame with cats. Soon after that, I was also reading a book um, called like How to Organize with ADHD. 
And I had purchased it thinking to myself, I laugh a little bit now, thinking I don't have ADHD, but anyone could benefit from these types of strategies. And it's true, lots of people could benefit. That's why we're talking today about what ADHD is and the different executive functions, because that's something that everyone could benefit from. But I didn't know at the time that I would later be diagnosed. So anyway, as I was reading that book, they described ADHD vividly, and it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure I have that. I'm pretty sure that's me. And so I called my doctor, and I said, I'd like to be evaluated, and they set me up with an evaluator, and this was in 2020, soon after March, so I actually met with my evaluator while she sat on the floor in her... um, closet, her walk-in closet, and we talked through. She asked me so many questions about myself and my history, and as we worked through it, we were really kind of trying to tease apart, is this just, you know, regular mom brain, or is this something that has pervasively been, pervasively been impacting my life since I was a little girl? And as it turns out, it was the latter. So what we'll do today is we're going to go through the list of all the different types of executive functions and or executive functioning skills, and we'll talk about what they look like for me um, and what they might look like for you. All right, so we're going to break this down into two bigger sections. The first section is your general thinking skills, and the second section we'll talk about is project management type of skills. Our first skill is what I call our inner coach or metacognition. And what this means is how well do you think about thinking? And can you coach yourself and check in and watch, how am I doing on this? Am I on task? And just thinking about what you're currently doing, how you're thinking, am I focused right now? How does my body feel? Those kind of self-awareness questions if you find yourself asking those questions that is metacognition and that is the skill if you don't find yourself asking those questions then maybe that's a weaker area for you our next skill is emotional control i like to think about phoebe from friends kind of when she's going crazy and losing it Um, but basically can you control your emotions enough to get things done or are you so thrown off by your feelings that you like can't function, you can't get your tasks done. Maybe you're just so devastated that you made a mistake that you you can't continue on. That might be how your emotional regulation impacts your abilities in your day-to-day life. Sticking with the friends theme, this one reminds me of Monica, it's flexibility. So are you able to, if there's new information, if something changes, are you able to change with it? Are you able to shift what your brain is thinking about. For me, this one comes up a lot because I will get really focused typically on a book or a story and then having to switch gears to be a mom can be really frustrating if I don't mentally prepare. The next executive functioning skill is organization. The ability to create a system and maintain a system um, to keep track of all the things, which is kind of why we're all here, right? Right after my diagnosis, I saw this therapist who made a really great point for me because I would always have a new system 
And then I would get frustrated that I couldn't maintain it. And she said, maybe that's just the way your brain works in these cycles of systems. And maybe that's okay. Another executive functioning skill, and this one is also a cognitive skill, is working memory. How much information can you hold on to while you are working through a project? Um, you might have a small container, you might have a very large container, and how much information can you hold on to at one time? Sometimes I'll find myself with my container full, filled with the idea of emptying out the dishwasher or the dryer, but then my child would come up and ask me for a snack and then everything in my container gets dumped out and the snack thought now fills up my container. Some other people might be able to have two of those tasks in their working memory container, but that's not exactly me. Now let's move on to the second set of executive functioning skills. And for these, I like to think about um, them as a task completion related set or maybe even a project management group. Let's think about it in the context of the project of cleaning up after dinner. So the first skill is called goal-directed persistence. And this would be your ability to think through cleaning up the kitchen and potentially the dining room, wherever you ate, whatever surface, cleaning all of that up and getting it completely reset to whatever your standard cleanliness is. The next skill is called planning and prioritization. And that's knowing how to get from one point in the task, maybe a messy room to the finish line, a appropriately cleaned couple of rooms. And also figuring out what's important and what isn't important and thinking maybe about the sequence of the events. So for cleaning up after dinner, you might be thinking about what order you're going to be removing things. You don't want to be spraying the table if there's still plates on it because then you'll have to re-spray. You probably want to clear away all of the plates. You probably want to put all of the leftovers into Tupperware, those various tasks, and you want to do it kind of in the right order. Number three is task initiation. Are you able to start and dive into this task or are you sitting on your phone avoiding on social media? I'm raising my hand because I often avoid this task. I like to use Mel Robbins strategy of the five, four, three, two, one, and then move your body. It's called the five second rule. And basically you use that strategy to get started. So I will often five, four, three, two, one, I'm just going to push the off button on my phone and that will get me moving toward my next step. Once you've started, the next step is sustained attention. How well do you maintain your attention even if something isn't super motivating or is really distracting you? The next one is time management. Are you accurately predicting how long this is going to take or are you exaggerating Maybe it's going to take a long time. Maybe you don't think it's going to take very long. For me, I have time blindness, so I often overestimate how long something will take, and that makes me avoid it more. Next up is response inhibition. So maybe your um, arms get covered and your shirt gets covered in water when you're doing dishes or something gets dirty. Can you pause 
and prioritize. Maybe you finish the task and then go take off your shirt. Or are you more likely to take off your shirt immediately and get kind of caught up in something distracting? So you could see how all of these executive functions work together from the kind of upper level skills that we talked about at the beginning of metacognition, like keeping yourself on track to managing your emotions. Maybe you're frustrated with your partner while you're doing the dishes to being flexible. Maybe, you know, the trash is full. So then you have to change your plan and bring out the trash before you can continue on. I like to picture all of the executive functioning skills as an orchestra. Um, if the entire orchestra played at the exact same time, you'd have just like a cacophony of sound. You wouldn't have beautiful music. So every executive function has its role and its time and kind of figuring out your own rhythm is where, you know, what I have been trying to do for a few years now. So prior to my diagnosis, I felt like a fraud. I felt like I had so many flaws. I had gone through school, even in high school, I read the spark notes. I never, ever read all of the books in my English classes. I was in honors English, not AP English, because I don't think I could really get my brain to focus hard enough and study enough to be good enough to be in an AP class. Then I went on to graduate school and I really liked college because I could learn in the way that my brain liked to learn. Um, and so that really helped me a lot to kind of figure myself out. But then when I had my son, it felt like all of the success and the skills I had gained in college and adulthood totally went away because that new stressor was just a shock to my system and my systems. So then I got diagnosed. I went to my doctor and I was sent to a behavioral therapist and they talked me through an evaluation. Once I had that moment of, yes, it's not just mom brain, you have ADHD, it was a relief because my brain functions differently. And I got to do the deep dive into how my brain functions and how my brain might not function very well in certain instances, right? I think knowing yourself and your strengths and your weaknesses is really the best thing that anyone could do. And I'm just forever grateful that I've had this opportunity to explore and to continue to grow because I think that all of these skills are not fixed and I can improve them with appropriate strategies. All right, as we wrap up, someone I know always asks, where did you find yourself in that story? And I love to think about that. Where did you find yourself in my story? Do you relate to feeling overwhelmed with a new child? Even if your overwhelm looked a little different, please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. This is one of the very early episodes. Next week, we're going to be talking to Danielle Gagnon. It's our first interview episode. I'm really excited about that. Um, and yeah, I'll see you guys next Wednesday.